You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. No one shows. You're right by this and feel this back. YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. The YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, we'll be trying to get a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley. What's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you want to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com, and you can text the show at 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside my buddy Tim, who is live in Green Bay, and we are on the eve of the Green Bay Packers home opener at Lambeau Field, noon game. Tim, it doesn't get any better than this, does it, bud? Got to love the Nooners. <laughs> the Saints are marching into town, um, and, you know, we can't take this game for granted. This is not going to be a walk in the park, right? I mean, nah. first home game, a lot of, you know, like I said, man, protect 1265. That's my my mantra this year. Win them all at home. Absolutely. And it looks like the weather forecasts are calling for it to be in the upper 60s, cloudy, and I think about a 12-mile-an-hour win. You give us a little Green Bay weather update, man. It's going to be a 1 o'clock game tomorrow. I don't, I don't think you could ask for better weather for this game. Do you, Tim? I, I don't either, but I'll tell you, if you want a weather update for a 1 o'clock game, check with me at 12.59, and I'll let you know what it's looking like. <laughs> because uh, uh, it changes so quickly. Um, you know, I'm from Milwaukee, and I'm used to crazy Wisconsin weather in southeastern Wisconsin, but when we moved up here, we got a real good taste here this last five, six months of living in the Bay and just how unique the weather can blow in and out up here at a rapid pace. So, you know, I I think it'll be a nice day for football, but who knows? We could end up with rain. I, I don't know. It might even snow. Who knows? <laughs> it's it's Green know. Bay, right? <laughs> exactly. It's funny that, you know, the ice bowl, was, it kind of caught them by surprise as well way back in the day because it sounded like it was going to be cold, but 
they didn't expect that Arctic blast to come down that far. And you never know the way that jet stream is coming uh coming from up north there, man. It gets a little bit wacky. I love it, man. Every time I'm in Green Bay, I try to get up there in the winter and watch a game. And we rolled into town, uh, flew into town, I should say, last year. Um, we spent about seven days. I think we were like three days before, uh, you know, the, the game was to kick off. And we got in, and as the plane was landing, we're looking out the window, you know, and you could just see the lights because it was a, a night flight. And, um, man, it was a blizzard. It was absolutely awesome. Now, when we got on the ground, of course, it was just a little bit of rain. We'd get over to Lambeau Field real quick, just pass by with the Uber. And sure enough, snow started falling. I'm like, here we are, man. Next thing you know, we're we're sledding on Arians Hill and all that good stuff, man. So I love it. Dude. Awesome. Love Green Bay. Let's go to the chat real quick before we kick off uh, this little preview of the Packers versus the Saints. We got Ian in the house. Perfect time for a show. Just put in my earbuds and starting to mow the lawn. Keep up the great work. Go, Pat. Go. Hey, man, appreciate you making us a part of your day. There's nothing better than mowing the grass and listening to a good, uh, good football podcast. That's, that's, that's what it's all about, right, Tim? That's awesome, man. We picked a perfect day to go go on a little early. I like this. Shout yeah. out to Ian. I, I wish I was on, uh, out cutting the grass. I don't have much grass to cut at my house, so I got to uh, enjoy it when I get the opportunity to do it. <laughs> I've got about two acres here on, on our immediate property, and, uh, and man, I love it, dude. I, I get out there, and it's funny. Before, I was trying to cut the grass. You know, when I say before, you know, five, six years ago, I was trying to cut the grass as quick as possible, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a skate. I ain't gonna pay nobody to cut my grass. So I, I, you know, I do it myself and take pride in it. Now, as I get older, I find myself making it drag out a little bit longer. <laughs> it's like you enjoy right. it a little bit more as you get older, but it's fun, no doubt. All right, let's see. We got Adam in the chat. He says Luke Musgrave or Jaden Reed coming out party. Book it in all caps. Let's see the rookies continue to show out. What a draft class! It looked like Goody hit on this draft class, Tim. I mean, Luke Musgrave. He, you can see why they drafted him. I love that they're playing playing him as a traditional Y. And what I mean by that is a an inline tight end. There will be opportunities to flex him out, um, but the fact that they're playing him attached, so excited about that. Jaden Reed, we showed it on the last chalk talk. You know that little uh, little touch pass to Jaden Reed around the end. Should have had a couple lead blockers. They didn't block. Didn't matter. Jaden Reed was not going to be denied. This dude's a baller. And, and again, you heard Goody say it. You know, they were a little surprised. They're like, we didn't expect him to be this NFL ready, right, <laughs> which is absolutely awesome. And even if you dig into last year a little bit too, you know, think about Zach Tom and the value he's providing, right? Um, I hope Lucas Van Ness goes tomorrow. And uh, we're going to hit on the injury report here in just a second. But, Tim, what do you think about the rookie class so far, man? Oh, man, I think – this is like the dra- Goody draft class to to ba- basically make up for some of those picks that we complain about. I don't want to say T.J. Watt, Kevin King again for the umpteenth time, but <laughs> you know those <laughs> those kind of swings and misses. Um, you know, it's easy to overlook those now when you look at these last couple of draft classes. Um, but this one is uh, great. And as you know, you talk about Jaden Reed, man. What what better compliment can a rookie player get you know other than that you know high level compliment of saying wow you look like a seasoned veteran or you look like you've been here before and you know we love that in green bay right act like you've been there before you know is is the mantra and 
he is. He's a total pro right out of the gate. And I think when you draft and develop the way we do, you have to put an emphasis on development. And when you see guys that come in and they're kind of ahead of the curve a little bit um, in some respects of the game, I mean, we could even say that about, uh, you know, Romeo Dobbs last year, you know, he had a few rookie moments, but he had a pretty solid uh, rookie season. So I think that, uh, you know, this class is just uh, a sign that, you know, you have to have faith in this front office. I know Goody takes a lot of heat. Front office takes a lot of heat sometimes from some fans, but I'm pleased, man. I I, I think we got some absolute dogs in this, uh, in this draft this year. Yeah. You know, it, it sounds silly, but I think we would all agree there was friction there between Rogers and Goody. Right. And of oh, course yeah. Rogers took it to heart when they drafted love and what he do? He went out and won back-to-back MVPs. Right. Well, Rogers kind of, uh, I don't want to say he forced the Packers' hand. I think the Packers wanted to move on from Rodgers more than they'll admit, and and rightfully so. You know, you don't want to just come out and go, okay, this guy's arguably the best player to ever play in franchise history. We want him gone. But Goody made that decision to move on. I think this draft this year is kind of like it's a little bit personal for Goody too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if there was ever a draft class he wanted to knock out of the park and show that young receivers can play well, you know, when – um, you know, Rodgers wasn't very fond of having young receivers, you know, as far as contributing day one, I should say. But uh, the lines get a little bit blurry there. You know, probably shouldn't even comment on it. But Jeffrey in the yeah. chat says, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but a win Sunday would be huge. The Saints are a damn good football team. They are a playoff team. You know, I've heard a lot of people kind of kind of downgrade them a little bit and this and that. And, and we're going to talk about the injury report, some players that are missing. But um I agree, man. I think I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Now, he hasn't shown it quite yet this year. Granted, he's been under pressure the entire time. He doesn't have Alvin Kamara, right? That's uh that's obviously, you know, out with suspension. Now Jamal Williams is hurt. So he doesn't have much of a running game to lean on. Um, now he does have some pretty good receivers in Chris Olave and then obviously Michael Thomas, what what's left of him. And um, we'll kind of dig into those matchups here in a second, too. But yeah, I agree. A win at home would be absolutely huge. Jordan loves first start at home. Let's go out and get that dub, man. There, there'd be no better way to start the year. Uh, let's see. Pensy in the chat says uh, home opener, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get it. Everybody excited. We got Doug in the chat. Let's see here. This right here I haven't heard yet. Maybe you have, Tim. If not, I'll go search in the Twitter. Um, M. Smitty or Miss uh, – yeah, I guess it's M. Smitty, 19, or 1386. Hope that isn't your birth year. If so, you're, uh, you've been around for a bit there. <laughs> Balanton and Taylor, elevator for tomorrow. Jair and Jones potentially out. Um, if that's the case and uh, and Ballantyne was elevated and Patrick Taylor elevated, I don't know if it necessarily means Jones is out, um, but think I think that would be the first time that Corey Ballantyne has been elevated, right, right Tim, these first two I, games? I believe so. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It could be right. Don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but yeah. So if that's that's the case, then there's a good chance Jair might not go. Right. Um, That that makes me sick to my stomach. (laughs) Right. Especially with Chris Olave at the runner. Oh my goodness, man. I was thinking about this too, though, you know, on our chalk talk segment, we pointed out all the, the missed opportunities that Jair had. Right. And he had arguably his worst game of his career. Uh, and then all of a sudden he pops up on the injury report with a back injury. It kind of made me think, hmm, I wonder if that played into it. You know what I mean, Tim? Like maybe he was playing a little bit hurt uh, there uh, last Sunday. 
It could be, you know, and Ja does a lot to take care of his body. He's, he's like a yogi. He does the, you know, he's always stretching, doing yoga. That's why when he pops up with the groin injury every once in a while or something like that, it's kind of shocking, but things like the back or, you know, that shoulder that he had a couple years ago, that shoulder injury, you know, Jair is not super huge, you know? So whether he's taking the hit or delivering the hit, that's always an issue. So I could totally see him being one of those type of players that could, you know, tweak a back or, you know, something like that. I don't know if it, hopefully it's not spinal, hopefully it's muscular if it is a back thing and it's not, you know, something's borderline serious, but I think a guy like him, you know, we, we obviously need all of our, all of our weapons on both sides of the ball to beat a team like new Orleans. And uh, if he doesn't go, that's going to, it's going to be really interesting. Now, hopefully Ballantyne really steps up and you talk about a coming out game. That's where I'd like to see a coming out game right there. If, if uh, we get to see him. So um, yeah. we'll see fingers crossed for Sunday. We could all be totally off and all these guys are playing, <laughs> Right. Uh, you know, like anytime I see, if I see Aaron Jones on an injury report and I see questionable, I'm leaning towards, he's going to go. Um, yeah. Watson, maybe not so much, although the fact that he is at that kind of questionable status, I believe, is kind of a kind of a good sign, you know, looking at where he's at, because he was, you know, doubtful and, you know, not going to play for sure. Uh, uh, ruled out the last couple of weeks already. We already knew. So the fact that there is some question, will he or won't he play this weekend, you know, tomorrow? I mean, I think that's a good sign for a guy like Scoot, but. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, we'll get into the injury report, but uh, yeah, definitely. Um, man, I, I Valentine guess... stepping up would be nice, though, right, Clayton? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I believe I hope I'm pronouncing this right. I apologize if I if I'm not. Togrel in the chat said, "Is Watson playing?" We're going to hit on it here in a second. He's listed as questionable. Uh, we got United Bates in the house. Says, "Hey y'all, appreciate you swinging through United Bates." Um, let's see here, Badger Trio. I will be at the game tomorrow. I can't wait for the. The noise when love is introduced might be the loudest intro in years. It's a whole new era, man. Whole new era. And you think back. I was in the house when Aaron Rodgers took the field for the first time, and I, I got to cool. be, I got to be a hundred percent honest. Okay, it wasn't just everybody's behind him. It was a. Yep. Now there was. I didn't hear anybody booing him. Okay, but to sit here and pretend like everybody in that crowd was like, "Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is the next great quarterback," was not the case. I think we would all agree that 90, probably 95% of the fan base is on board with Jordan Love. I mean, they seem to really, really like this kid, and rightfully so, which we're already off topic. I don't care. I love chatting with the, with everybody in the chat. When we we've got we've got a whole schedule out here for the show, guys, but just love chatting it up with you guys and answering questions and commenting. I think it's awesome. But did you hear what happened, Tim, when Jordan Love lowered his shoulder into that DB? on that run against Atlanta. Did you hear what he said? What what Jordan said or what LaFleur said? <laughs> well, both, I guess, right? So okay. for those who may not know, that play where Jordan Love lowers his shoulder, you know, he could have went out of bounds and he kind of juked back inside but kind of threw a shoulder on the defender and everything and got hit pretty hard. To the best of my understanding, when he came to the sideline, LaFleur said, why didn't you slide? Like, he's, you know, he's pissed off about it. Why didn't you slide? And he said, I felt like we needed some juice, bro. You you want me to buy a couple Jordan Love jerseys? Keep talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. I'm skinny. I need a medium. Grab me one <laughs> while you're at it. <laughs> I'm gonna need an extra large, but let's not talk about 
Uh, I tell so you what, though, when he comes out of that tunnel, if you're if you're thinking he's going to be jumping up and down and, you know, doing like, you know, Ray Lewis style entrance, it ain't going to happen. He's going to be cooler than a polar bear's toenails, like I always said. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of cool, Clayton, that you got to see Aaron's um, first first entrance or first yeah. um, trip at Lambeau. And I got to see his last. I was I was actually at the game last year and got to see his final walk off. And uh, I'll tell you what, I think that's something that, you know, Jordan kind of has gotten uh, from being Aaron's understudy is, uh, you know, in those moments when your team needs a little juice, you do it by making a play. You don't do it with the theatrics or the, you know, the, the hype. Hyping guys up is great, but that only goes so far. When you're willing to stick your neck out there, to get us a couple extra yards and, and lay it out on the line. You're right. That can fire your team up. So, you know, Jordan love is, is that dude. And uh, I'm just so happy for him tomorrow. Um, Badger trio getting to go there. That's awesome. Have a blast. I wish I had tickets, man. That is awesome. That is awesome. So since we're talking about it, I'm going to share the screen here and show you. Um, I actually uploaded the videos. I filmed, uh, Aaron Rodgers' first touchdown pass from the stands. It's hard to see because I was opposite end zone. And then I'll show you his first rushing touchdown, too, as a starter. So let me go ahead and share the screen. I, I just pulled it up real quick. Um, just confirm you could see this, Tim? Yep. All right, cool. So let's go – actually, let me go back. Let's go to the first one. Here's the touchdown pass. It might get loud. I apologize, but here we go. Which just so happens to be the literal most insane throw of Aaron Rodgers' entire career. Play that again, Clayton. Look at this throw. All right, I'm going to try to – I might be able to walk it through. I don't think I can. I wish I'd have put it in the telescope. Oh, my goodness. You talk about off-platform into a tight window. I want to show you the TV copy, but I know we'll get hit with a copyright. It's right here beside it, as you can see my cursor. (laughs) (laughs) But let's let's do this. Let me make sure we're full screen, too. We're probably not even full screen. Um, Yeah, let's go full screen with it. Here we go. That might help a little bit. All right, so here we go. You ready? Yep. Let me mute it. You can hear me, right, Tim? Yep. I can right, hear you. Oh my over. gosh, dude. Look at the body and arm angle. Like I would, right. I would throw my back out trying to throw a football like that. It was insane. Watch this. Look so at first that. of all, play fake, right? He gets immediate pressure and watch him reset his feet. This is unbelievable. Look at this. And look at me filming like I'm drunk. Now I might have had a couple daddy sodas. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> look right here. This guy's got contain on him and watch him. Yep. Look at look at the position of his body when he lets it go, man. Look at this. Look. Look where he puts it too. <laughs> ridiculous that's exactly how they teach it right there and then you and, think of all the throws in his career that followed this one yeah and you all can see the, oh my gosh look at and that's a fullback Corey hall making that diving catch yep oh and this was the this correct me if i'm wrong but this was the brett who throw what actually you were in the stands and someone said brett who actually it was not so okay it was the the, golly he's going to keep playing i apologize it was the very first pass that he threw he done a drop back play action pass and threw it down the middle of the field to greg jennings a jump ball and greg jennings brought it in that was the first pass and me and this i mean literally the fan next to me is like man that's Let's see what this kid's got. First pass, drop back, play action shot. 
I mean, he he threw it out of the stadium. We both looked at each other, and that, that's when the fan went, Brett, who? <laughs> that is awesome. So here right. is the last one, and we'll get back to the Saints. This was his very first rushing touchdown and Lambeau leap. Check it out. We're right there in the end zone, too. And you'll see it pause because I took a picture. I took a picture during the middle of the video with this Canon camera I had right there, and then right here nice. watching Spocket. I got that shot. <laughs> Then the first Lambeau leap. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, it was a blast, man. Absolute blast. And again, we're, you know, when I bought the tickets, we thought it was going to be Brett, you know? Right. We thought it was going right. to be Brett Moore playing, and um, <laughs> it was not. <laughs> so, as a matter of fact, ironically, he was the player on the front of the ticket, if I remember right. Wow. So, yeah. Because they were going to retire his jersey. That's the whole reason I was going, because that was going to be the game they were going to retire his jersey. Um, God, man. unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I only got to see Brett one, I believe, once or twice. I think it was one time in person at Lambeau. Mm-hmm. 90, 96, 95 or 96. Yeah. was the, uh, the only time I was able to get up there uh, to gotcha. see him. So, Jeffrey in the chat said, this game's a measuring stick. Uh, we, uh, we can win this one. I completely agree. We'll talk about the point spread, too. Um, let's see, Mike Hebring in the chat. Appreciate you dropping through, Mike. He said, I'm glad it's common knowledge now that the uh, the alive pick motivated 12. I'm guessing he said love pick uh, motivated 12. I was called a nut when I loved the Jordan love pick for that very reason. 12 needed to kick in the you know what, and it worked. Brilliant move. I, you know, I was on, completely on board with the pick too. I remember watching the McAfee show live, and I'm like, man, he Ty is overreacting. Like the, the best time to draft a quarterback is when you don't need a quarterback, period, yep. case closed. Now, if someone comes to me and says, Clayton, do you not think a first-round pick, if you hit on a, a solid first-round pick, that helps you win a Super Bowl? Absolutely it could. So there's pros and cons with it, right? But they were trying to think in advance. Do I think that Goody made that pick, Mike, and, and saying, I'm going to draft a quarterback. I don't care if he's good or not. I'm going to draft a quarterback just to tick Aaron off so he'll play better. I don't think that was the case. I really don't. Um, I think – the reason the MVP came that next year is because it was year two of LaFleur's system. And of course it was still, everybody's trying to get used to each other, you know, but you could be right. That may have been the sole reason that Goody drafted him. I, I personally don't believe that, but um, I know when, when Aaron won the MVP, I thought for that alone, if you knew that was going to be the byproduct, if you had a time machine, you can go into the future say, Oh yeah, if we, we draft a quarterback, it's going to make Aaron play even better. Heck yeah, do it, right, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. But so, I don't think Aaron was ever a guy that needed any I, – I don't know. I don't think he needed a kick in the butt. But I guess it, it, it maybe reality check, you know. Oh, absolutely. Maybe yeah. uh, the, the show does go on, you know, beyond beyond you, and we appreciate the, uh, you know, what was it, 18, 18 seasons of – of service, but yeah, I mean, it shouldn't surprise anybody that follows the Packers that, you know, and I'm sure we'll do it again. Uh, uh, we already did it this year. We drafted a quarterback. I mean, <laughs> like, what do you, so the fact that we took Aaron when the rest of the league snoozed on Aaron and, you know, what with Brett still at the helm and question marks here, it shouldn't have surprised anyone that we did it again with Jordan Love. And and Jordan Love being drafted has more to do with Jordan Love playing football than it does, you know, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. I think. 
honestly. And I, I'm with you. I don't think Goody was like spiteful with that draft move. You can't afford to, to do that at that level. You have to yeah. you have to draft based on best available player, based on need, based on a lot of other factors. So uh, I think maybe the reality check to Aaron was an added bonus, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was intended, but uh, I would yeah. agree to that extent. Definitely. And, you know, uh, another thing that Greg Cosell talks about every April um, is there's two different drafts every year. You've got the NFL draft and you've got the quarterback draft. Quarterbacks, what they mean by that is quarterback, it's such an important position in the game of football that they're typically treated um, one tier higher than their current tier. Meaning, you know, when you build a draft board, you've got tiers, right? And you've got grades and I could pull up the grading system. The best way to understand it is go to the 33rd team their website and look at their draft board from last year. If indeed it is still up, they'll show you, they, they actually, I know people like to laugh at stuff like, like Michael Lombardi and the 33rd team. These, these guys couldn't hack it in the league. They don't know what they're talking about. Like they, they use that website as if they are the 33rd team. That's where it came from. These are former executives, former coaches, former players, and they use the same exact grading system to build their own draft board as if they were a team. Right. And essentially what it is, is, you know, you got a, a six, eight, right? Let's say a 7.0 is a top grade. Now, I can't remember what the top grade is right offhand. And then you got a 6.8. These are different tiers. Then you got a 6.5 and then, a, you know, a 6.0, whatever. Um, if the quarterback, let's say, is in the 6.0, right? You got a quarterback in that tier. You're going to draft them as if they were a 6.5, one tier higher, because quarterback's that important, which kind of tells you they probably had a true six round grade before the adjustment. Um, you know, when it comes to our boy uh, Sean Clifford, right? And they took him in the fifth round, which is wild because he was not on my radar at all. Like he was like, uh, and and granted, I compile a lot of information from different people. And here's the thing, 33rd team didn't have him on their board either. So that's what I mean by that. It's just every team's grades are different, right? You can look at all 32 teams. I guarantee you there's not two teams in the league who had 100% the same duplicate grades on every single player in the draft. Everybody looks at positions a little bit different. They look at some people, some teams like the Packers look at athleticism more than the game tape. Some look at game tape more than athleticism. Some people look at, you know, the pedigree. Some people put a whole lot more stock in the background checks, all those things. Right. So um, it's just fascinating. And, and I'm looking forward to the off season already, just because I love talking draft and, and trying to figure out who they're going to take. And this year we, we really hit it hard. Like, if you go back a few weeks before the draft, uh, the prediction that we came up with, and it wasn't me going, hmm, who do I think they'll take? It's just compiling a bunch of information, a bunch of mock drafts, draft by need. What have the Packers done in the past? We came up with Lucas Van Ness. And then, of course, on the live draft show, you guys heard me, uh, you know, when Ryan asked me who you taking here, I said Luke Musgrave when they took Luke Musgrave because he was hands down the best tight end and it was about to drop off. They went on that run. On another podcast, we talked about that, that I think that they'll probably take back-to-back picks with tight ends for that very reason, because after Tucker Craft, it kind of drops off. Um, but anyway, that stuff is just – it's a blast, a blast to keep up with for sure. Um, let's see here. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped over that. ROKB said, put Valentine in at starter if Alexander is out. Man, I want to see Valentine. I want to see Carrington Valentine. Oh, by the way, Kentucky Wildcats rolled today over Vandy. I know it's Vandy. Give me a second, all right? Let me have a little bit of fun with these – this bad team, it, you know, I say bad how's, team. How's uh, Dion and the boys doing right now? Oh, I've actually got it on. It is in the second quarter, just started the second quarter, and it's tied zero to zero. No, it ain't. Oh, Lord, it's 13 nothing. 
right. <laughs> that's getting out of hand quick. Of course, Oregon just ran a fake punt and they've got the first down. So oh boy. that's going to be a boat race. But hey, it's I it's told my wife, I said, man, if Colorado beats Oregon, <laughs> holy cow, that's the real deal. How many, how many places would they have shot up if they pull off a upset today? Oh my gosh, dude. My goodness. And, and that's the thing, like just like the Packers and the Saints, this is a measuring stick game. This is a measuring stick game. I'm sure Dion went in there and said, we can beat these guys. We're going to beat these guys. But from the outside looking in, it's okay. We get a really good glimpse as to how good Colorado is today. right? Yep. And uh, D- what Dion's done for the game of college football is just phenomenal, man. He's added so much spark to it. And- Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm already thinking three, four years down the road, Tim, if he continues to have success, what if Jerry Jones comes a calling and says, hey, I want you to coach the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> oh, my He's God. He's going to say no. Remember what he – have you have you heard? He was asked yeah. about that. He said yep. he wants to coach young men, not 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 the not the OGs in the NFL, he said. He feels like he can do do more do more of the Lord's work with the, with the college players. So – yeah. I respect him, but you know what? Like you said, four or five years down the road, you know who knows? Does Dion yeah. win a win a title? <laughs> you remember the remember the rap song he did? It's all about the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, it made a full circle. But I know yeah, what you're right? who knows? You know Jerry Jones has got the got the uh, checkbook. So yeah, no doubt. And he he said that he felt like this was a calling, like you said, that God called him to to lead young men. Yep. And coaching, and that's why he stepped into coaching. And uh, man, what a what a lot of just a ton of success he's had so far. Um, but I'm all on board with Valentine. Yeah, I'd like to see Carrington Valentine. Mike in the chat says Stokes is eligible after the Lions game. Question mark Is he on that timeline? Um, four weeks, right? You, I think you've got four weeks. You got to be on that uh, that injury reserve and then come off of it. So yeah, I guess it would be right there in that time frame. 
Um, I don't know all the details if you have to wait four weeks or you can pull them off at any time, or they can only be on there four weeks before you make the final decision to put them on season ending hour. I'm not exactly 100% sure on how that plays out, but it should be around that mark for sure, Mike. Um, let's see here. ROKB says uh, defensive end Carl Granderson just signed with the Saints today. Hmm. He was actually already on the roster, ROK, and I'm sure you probably already know this. Um, he's one of the players we got to look out for in this game. He is an absolute stud. Uh, for the Saints. That's why he got the bag, got a four-year extension. Uh, we'll talk about him here in a minute. We got Cheesehead Murph. He is the vice president of the PTA Posse. What up, Murph? Appreciate you swinging Murph. through, man. Zane Strong in the house. Aloha, Clayton. It's Tim. And Tim, it's game day tomorrow. Looking for a bounce-back game. Go, Pack, go. Man, Lambeau Field, it doesn't get any better, dude. It does not get any better. Um, Jeffrey says, Jordan Love is the leader of this team. Last week's press conference, I noted the anger of the kid. I noticed the anger the kid has. He's a winner. He won't accept less. He is – he's every – you see the leadership qualities. We heard about it, right? That was one of the big strengths of him coming out of college was uh, it sounded like all the background checks and everything. Everybody was talking about his quiet leadership. They said that, you know, he took on a lot of characteristics that his dad had. Anyone who knows his background, I'm not going to go into great detail, but yeah. – um, his dad was a police officer. His mother was a police officer as well. Um, and they said his dad was just one of those people in the community. He was a leader in the community, people that one of those type of people that people turned to and they could lean on him. He was strong enough to kind of, you know, take them leaning on him. Um, and they, they, everybody I heard from the age, you know, teenage years, Jordan had that same demeanor, those same characteristics that his dad had. Um, so, uh, I love that his parents were both, you know, uh, you know, served the community like they have too. And, and that type of thing is just awesome, man. Absolutely awesome. Um, let's see here. What else we got? Um, Badger Trio. I was at Rogers last and now loves first. Pretty cool. That's awesome, man. You nice. can kind of usher out an error and take in a new one. That's really, really cool. Um, yeah. All right. And then last one, then we'll get to we'll get to a little bit of the show notes here. The Badger Trio says, so Rogers got his first big contract halfway into the first season. Bingo. If love keeps going as he has started. You think he'll get a new deal now or give him a full year? If we get to – and I want, I want to get your take on this too, Tim. If we – this is why I want to hit the chat because these conversations you and I would never have, and this is a great question, Badger Trio. Thank you for asking it. Um, if we – let's say we get into week six, Tim, right? And we're week six, and his touchdown, his touchdown to interception ratio, let's say it's – you know, right now it's six to zero, Right. <laughs> which is absolutely awesome. He's leading the league in passer rating. Um, let's say we get to week six and he's got, you know, 10 touchdowns and two interceptions, right? Which is, should be easy from this point moving forward to hit that mark. I say give – I say sign him. I say – I think you've seen enough. He knows the system. If LaFleur is going to be here long-term, and I think he is, I think you give him the bag. Now, the beautiful thing is if you do it that early, you're saving a ton of money, Tim. Mm -hmm. Now, if you wait until after this year – and he has, uh, you know, he's an MVP finalist. Get ready because you're going to be uh, <laughs> you're going to be paying anywhere from 30 to 50 million dollars per year. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I had even a few weeks ago on with you guys, I've floated the idea of, you know, even if he's, you know, not not putting up those numbers, there's still a chance that, you know, we see a contract for him. You know, the, the Packers. You know, I guess this would be all that's left, right? I mean, we're Green Bay is committed to Jordan Love. I mean, yeah. it's we all know this, but you're right. The last thing to do is show me the money, you know. So 
I think we could very, very well see that at the halfway point of the year. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. I had said, you know, I, I'd like to see the team, you know, going, uh, going into the bye, you know, like four and one or something would be great. Uh, that'd be a nice uh, feeling early in the season. But like you said, regardless of the record, let's look at our new QB one and see how he's performing. Um, I don't see any reason not to, not to give him the bag. Like you said. Yeah. And Nick, the realtor says, but you're going to pay that for any quarterback that's going to run the show. Um, not necessarily. It's all about the way it's structured and all about how soon they handle it. You know, um, what you essentially got to ask yourself is, okay, if Jordan Love hit the open market right now, what would be the best offer he would get? I think you'd have a hard time. Now, you got to keep in mind 55% completion percentage, right? To the best of my knowledge, it's around there. I think you'd have a hard time finding teams that would pay more than $30 million per year for him, right? That's just me personally. I could be wrong. You know, you, you may be completely right there, Nick. Um, I think that if you went to him and you really sweetened the pot with a ton of guaranteed money, you could probably come out with a cap hit in the fit in the $25 million a year range. I think that could happen. But the longer you wait, the closer you get to 30, the closer you get to 35, the closer you get to 40. That's just me personally. And I could be, I could be under-evaluating that, you know. Um, that's just kind of how I feel. That's why you guys remember in the offseason, the way I looked at it was, all right, the team obviously thinks he's the quarterback of the future. We're willing to move on from Aaron Rodgers. You guys remember, once we got to that point, it's like, pay him. It, you, you've got to trust your evaluation. And if you pay him now, you could probably get him on average for 10 to 15 million per. Now in three years, of course, he's going to want to renegotiate, but if you had went to him before you signed this two year ex- or this one year extension, you know, two year total deal and said, Hey, look, you know what, Jordan, you're the quarterback of the future. You're who we want to run the helm. Um, how about we do a, a five year deal worth a hundred million dollars, right? and you get them for $20 million per, and you could probably do less guarantee in that situation. But again, if he continues to ball out and then he balls out next year, let's assume we did sign him to a five-year deal, then probably by year three he's going to be going, hey, guys, I'm going to need a little bit of cheddar in the pocket, and rightfully so, right? So it's all about how you handle it. And again, that's hindsight is 2020, right, Nick? Like I'm sitting here saying that because he's got six touchdowns, no interceptions, and seems to be a great leader, you know? Um yep. I wasn't. And there's saying, no reason to. Oh, I'm sorry, Clayton. Go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna say. I, I you, you notice I wasn't saying this before week one. I was sitting there going, I don't know how he's gonna. Do. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, Tim. Oh no, I was just saying there's there's no reason to believe that um, he's gonna be a pain in the butt to deal with in a negotiation either. You know, Jordan is clearly a humble guy, and you know, I I said the same. You could say the same thing about Rashawn too. You know, we're talking yes. about him, and it's like. You know, you just got to come close. You got to be in that ballpark. You 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 don't want to pull a, a Tay Adams and you know kind of make a f- player feel disrespected or like you lowballed them. So if they do that with Jordan, I think it's just a he'll sign right away. No no problems. You know, yeah. no doubt about it, man. No doubt. We got Jeff in the chat said Nick, but early um, there are savings to be had. That's kind of what I was alluding to there. Uh, Nick and, and Jeff, you, you obviously we we agree on that. Um, let's see, Zane in the chat says, "Do you do you guys think Reed has a chance to be Rookie of the Year at this point?" Absolutely, he's got two touchdowns already. And and let's be honest, I'm not one that thinks touchdowns is a huge stat individually. Obviously, scoring points is most important. But there's been some players in the past that 
you know, caught eight touchdowns or <clears throat> Bob Tunyon. You know what I mean? <laughs> that did. Yep. He had a, a year where he had a ton of touchdowns, right? Well, okay, the Packers wasn't willing to pay him. The Bears paid him close to a minimum contract, right? So touchdowns, I feel like, are overrated as an individual stat. But when it comes to rookie of the year, MVP, all that stuff, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't deny that's what goes into it. He's already got two touchdowns. So I think he's going to have a great career. But I'm trying not to smile because I turned on that tape after they drafted him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, man, that 2021 tape was phenomenal. I'm like, this. what I got most excited about, he could play everywhere. And him playing Z in Michigan State using in Z motion, it, it basically is the equivalent to the fly, the the flyer role in Matt LaFleur. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I just love how he looks like on the surface. It's like he looks like this prototypical slot guy and like, oh, put him in a slot. And it's like that kind of helps kind of helps his game because it's like, oh, wait till you wait till I'm out here on the boundary. Now what now what are you going to do? What are you going to do with me in jet motion? What are you going to do with me on, you know, short crossers from the boundary? That's the other thing I, I, I like to see them utilizing him is he is split out wide, but he. He does come back to the middle of the field on these quick hitters sometimes. And he's kind of like Watson, man. You know, if he catches that ball in a little window or a little bit of space and gets that motor going, he is absolutely gone. Run the tape on the, on the tutty in Chicago. (laughs) I mean, Reed is just, yeah, he, he, I got a feeling he is that dude. So knock on wood, man. I, I, I could see him being a rookie of the year guy for sure. Just like I see my boy Quay being a defensive player of the year candidate when it's all said and done. How sweet would that be? He's probably the player I'm looking forward to watching the most this Sunday. And it's a multitude of reasons, right? God, I wish he'd intercepted that ball, man. He would have he would have been propped up like he deserves to be propped up. You Can know? you imagine what a great way to start the year? Two two pick sixes uh, to start your <laughs> you, you see this jersey right down here? Yeah, that would have been coming out of the frame. You'd have seen me wearing that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, and, and Jeffrey, you point out here in the chat, he says, if Jones can get 40 million a year, so can Jordan. Very good point. But think of how Green Bay played their cards. You sign him to an extension, right? So you've got two years. He's not going to be a free agent for two years. And on top of that, you could franchise tag him for two straight years after that. So you yep. could have four potential years. All right. And the franchise tag for the quarterback's a little bit different. It it actually plays right into the owners and the team's hands, right? There's yeah. no doubt about that. Right. Uh, just because of how the quarterback contracts have completely inflated. Now, with that being said, you've got that two-year extension. You've got a two-year window to sign him. And some people are going, well, he'll just wait it out. So you're telling me he's willing to wait four years? And we could you know, show up to him and say, hey, look, dude, we're going to give you uh, four years, average of $25 million per, and it's fully guaranteed? going to be a hard thing to turn down, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, that's where the the little one-year extension, two-year total contract that Goody, uh, you know, signed into, I feel like Jordan did the organization a favor with that. Now, maybe he, I don't want to say he didn't believe in himself, but maybe he was looking at it from a business standpoint, like, you know what, I better get this guaranteed money right now, and then we'll reevaluate in a couple of years. But the Packers are in complete control there. They basically have rights to him for four years. So as far as the 40 million a year, not going to happen unless the franchise tag blimps up to that um, by the time, uh, well, I guess two years from now, essentially. So, but very good point though, Jeffrey, there's somebody out there that's willing to pay him. It's just, they won't have an opportunity to do that, you know? 
Um, which we'll look up in two years, Tim, and we have drafted another – Jordan played lots out. We drafted another quarterback, and we're trading Jordan and moving forward to this other one, and it'll, it'll completely blindside us. I guarantee you something will happen <laughs> that we didn't think about. There's no doubt about that. All right, um, as far as the chat, guys, I'm going to hit pause on that real quick. We're going to get to some of the stuff that we had planned to cover, and then uh, we'll come back to the chat right before we wrap up. I apologize. We're, we're already – we're 40 minutes in, and we ain't even touched on anything yet, Tim, which I love. I love chatting with everybody, man. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. I do want to say that today's show is brought to you by PackerNet Podcasts. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube, if you don't know, we actually have this episode in podcast form along with a whole network of Packers, uh, you know, centered podcasts, if you will. We got PackerNet Podcast with Ryan Schlipp, absolutely phenomenal podcast. Um, we've got uh, PackerNet Derailed, which is uh, several of the guys get together. Sometimes you'll hear me on there. Uh, we get together and just kind of do a roundtable. You've got Jacob and his uh, PackerNet Fantasy Podcast. If, you, if you're into fantasy football, awesome podcast there. Uh, you've also got our boy Jake Shavink with the It's Always Draft Season podcast. If you guys like college football, it goes hand-in-hand hand with college football, but gives it through the eyes of a Packers fan and kind of setting the stage for the upcoming draft. So if you will just scan the QR code in the upper right corner of this, uh, that'll send you straight to PackerNet Podcast on your favorite platform. You can pick from right there. Subscribe, uh, rate, review, all that good stuff. But again, Today's show is brought to you by Packernet Podcast Network. So let's get into what we were going to talk about real quick. I'm going to tag where we left off in the chat. Hopefully we'll have time to hit on that stuff. But first things first, the injury report, Tim. Um, we've got it in here. Hopefully you guys can see it okay. I'm going to drop this down. It's a little bit blurry. I'm going to read it off. So we have several people on the in, the final injury report, okay? Starting off with Jair Alexander, uh, back injury, limited participation Friday. So he did practice in a limited fashion, questionable for tomorrow's game. Zane Anderson, safety, out with a hamstring. David Bakhtiari did not practice all week, and he is questionable for tomorrow's game, okay? Um, linebacker, What's that? He's playing. I, I think he is too. I think he's going to go out. I, I hope he does. Um, and it's kind of in the preview we're going to do here in just a second. It's going to, it's, it, it might be the difference of us winning and losing this game. I'm not saying Rasheed Walker can't hold his own, but kind of the way I look at the tier one positions, Tim, it's like, man, we really need, we really need yeah. Bob play. It would be, it would be absolutely huge against their, uh, their edges. So Rashawn Gary, limited participation. There is nothing tagged on him. So he is playing. Um, we got Elton Jenkins. Uh, obviously, he's out with the MCL. Aaron Jones, questionable. Limited participation on Thursday and Friday. I'm feeling better and better about him. Lucas Van Ness, limited all week with that elbow injury that he sustained down in Atlanta last Sunday. He's questionable. I think we'll see him maybe in a limited fashion. What you might see is Rashawn Gary's reps get amped up a little bit more, and Lucas Van Ness play that 12 to 15, maybe 20 snap roll if Lucas Van Ness can go. Christian Walk or Christian Watson, I should say, um, limited participation Wednesday, did not participate Thursday. However, Coach LaFleur came out and said that was planned. He didn't have a setback. Then Friday he was limited again, so he is listed as questionable. And, of course, Daniel Whelan, the punter, is uh, is full participation. He's good to go. He was removed from the injury report as well. Um, as far as their side, uh, you got Paulson, uh, uh, Abido, I think is how you say, Abido maybe, cornerback. I believe he was a starting caliber cornerback, had a hamstring, in, hamstring uh, pop-up on Thursday where he was not listed, and then Friday he did not participate. He's questionable. You've got Amadi, uh, safety, he's questionable with a knee injury. Taysom Hill was full participation. He's been battling a little bit of a knee. He should go, though. 
Um, let's see everybody else's full participation except for Jamal Williams running back. He is definitely out. Tight end Foster Moreau is doubtful. So that's uh, that's some more good news. Don't wish injury on anybody, but that is good news for the Packers, obviously. Um, the other thing, too, that we're wanting to hit on here since we're on the injuries, I'm going to share this real quick. This was a tweet that came out from Wendell Ferreira, I think is how you say it or Wendell Ferreira, he said, safety, Marcus May is suspended. You guys remember uh, one of our listeners, I can't remember who it was, I apologize for not remembering your name, um, but they actually said in the chat on our last episode that safety, Marcus May, had been suspended, I think, for uh, performance enhancing, maybe banned substance, something like that. And cornerback, like I said, uh, Adebo um, injured his hamstring. So two big losses for the Saints defense. Adebo is questionable, but it looks like he won't play. So they're going to be missing their starting free safety, and uh, one of their starting corners. So that's something that if Christian Watson's healthy, um, Tim, we might want to stretch the field a little bit there, man. But I'll pop this injury report back up as a reminder to you. But what do you think about the injury report? Uh, I think, um, yeah, I mean, the, with Scoot, with him not participating on Thursday and Lafleur confirming that that's by design and then he's limited yesterday, uh, tells me that he's going to go. Like, they're, they're – they're doing everything they can to make him see the field. Uh, even if they had to give him that off day on Thursday, just to make sure that was probably just preemptive to make sure there wasn't a setback, uh, you know, probably rather have him on the field. And if he has a setback on the field, at least it's during a game and we got what we can, you know, we got to get the best out of our guys when we can get it. Um, but, you know, I tell you uh, us being down to safety, you know, Zane Anderson, I mean, I, I hope, Anthony Johnson Jr. gets some love at some point. I don't know why I'm pulling for this guy so hard, but it's just the vibe I got from him at camp is I think he's a playmaker too. And we are still looking for that complimentary piece back there with uh, Darnell Savage this year. So that's something to look for. But uh, yeah. all in all, to, to your point, yeah, we need Bach out here. Um, this front is no joke on both both sides, left and right there um, at the edge. Uh, Cam Jordan is, is going to, give Zach Tom uh, his money's worth, you know, all day long. So um, the front is something to watch, but I agree. I think uh, maybe we have an opportunity if they're a little banged up in that secondary might be a chance to, uh, like you said, stretch the field a little bit, especially if we have Watson, you know, we might have a chance to at least see a series or two, hopefully, if not more with, um, you know, Dobbs, Watson, uh, Reed, Aaron Jones, you know, the full, the full gamut here. So um, I just hope all, all goes well, but yeah, we, we've got to bring it to new Orleans, man. We cannot let this game come to us or, or develop. We have to go out and try and punch them in the mouth right away. Um, This is a team that is, you know, you can't take them for granted. All right. This is the best. This is the best team we have faced yet this year, yep. um, and it's certainly the best quarterback we have faced this year. I, I don't think that. I mean, that goes without saying. Derek Carr is better than Justin Fields or or Desmond Ritter. So, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the Taysom Hill factor. You know, right. seeing him full full and full Thursday and Friday. You know, he's going to be out there, and that's always a, you know, <laughs> a wild card kind of kind of factor um so yeah we got to be we got to be on it and Jair too you know if if he doesn't play you know that 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 creates question marks for me because Keyshawn's going to have his hands full with Olave and they're they're going to have to 
I don't know. I don't know how, how you think they approach this, but there's gotta be some kind of safety valve or some kind of help to that area because, and it's not, that's not even a knock on Keyshawn. That's a knock. That's, that's on everybody. Like whoever's lined up in that area, whether, whether we're in quarters and, you know, man match, whatever, like you've got to be responsible for, for either him, your man, or you have to be responsible for your area of the field because one, one mistake and it's 80 yards touchdown and it's, and it's going to happen quickly. So, uh, you know, we got to account for him. No doubt. No doubt. And I, again, you've heard me say, I would, I would like to see Carrington Valentine get his shot in that nickel me personally, but, Again, I was the guy in the offseason going, I think I think Keyshawn can play nickel. I think I think we got us something there. So you, yeah, I was you never there with you. I was saying the same thing. And then I don't I don't know. It's looked rough. There's no doubt about it. He looked a little lost, like you said. Yeah. You know. All right. Let's go to a little bit of Vegas talk here. All right. Let's talk about <clears throat> some of the Vegas lines. I don't like to hit on this stuff real heavy, but I think it does have a role. I think it you've seen it last week. What what did the line end up being? It was it was basically Green Bay plus one and a half by the end of it, right? And what did what did Green Bay do? They covered, <laughs> right? So you you essentially you lost by one point, you covered by a half a point. You see, Vegas was all over it. So let's talk about this spread here against the Saints, okay? Um, we don't give out betting advice here. That's not the purpose of this. This is just to kind of track the trend of the game and and kind of how it's looking coming down the stretch here. All right. So let's start off with the money line. The money line itself. Um, obviously, uh, Green Bay is the favorite. Okay. And when you look at the cash and the tickets that have come in, the cash is all on Green Bay at 74%. The tickets are a little closer to 50% with 50, 56% of the money line tickets going out on the saints, but you've got 74% of the cash is on Green Bay. Okay. When you talk about the spread, like I said, the spread is, Saints plus one and a half, which means the Green Bay Packers are one and a half point favorites. All right. So when you look at that, the cover probability, I mean, they've got it right where they want it as far as Vegas goes. 50.6% on the Saints side, 49.4% on the Packers side. When it comes to the spread, you've got 55% of the cash on Green Bay. And then the tickets, 58% of the spread tickets are on Green Bay as well. So the majority of people, but it is very close to 50%, are thinking the Packers are going to cover, okay, when it comes uh, to that. Now, let's look at some of the team metrics that P- PFF provides here, and I think this is really cool. Um, so if you look in the upper right there, you've got the team metrics. Overall power ranking, according to PFF, the Packers are 10th, all right? Not bad, right, Tim, for a team that was supposed to finish dead last in the NFC North. Kind of cool. Um, Saints are 12th. That shows you how close this game is going to be. Um, power ranking on defense. This is going to blow your all's mind. The Saints 12th. Obviously, they got Cam Jordan, right? They got Anderson. They've got Davis at linebacker. They've got arguably the best corner in the game this year so far. Granted, it's only two games in Lattimore, right? They're 12th. Well, the Green Bay Packers power ranking on defense is ninth. So I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. Those people that want Joe Barry fired. All right. Like, you had the perfect storm last week of two dropped interceptions, right? And by the way, a gazillion missed tackles, and somehow their power ranking on defense is not. Pretty cool stuff. Power ranking on offense, 21st for the Saints. The Packers is 31st. Obviously, the running game was abysmal last week, and that fourth quarter collapse really hurt the numbers. Uh, for Jordan Love and the entire passing attack. So they're ranked 31st right now, all right? SOS, strength of schedule played. I like to look at these two stats simply because 
you know, sometimes a team can be ranked kind of high, Tim, and then you look up and go, well, they played two hot garbage. They played the Bears twice. How, how can we even take that serious, <laughs> right? So <laughs> strength of schedule, 27th for the Saints thus far, 28th for the Packers, neck and neck even right there, okay? So essentially what you've got is they're saying the Packers are two rankings higher in the power rankings overall. The Packers have a slightly better defense, and the Saints have a, uh, I don't want to say slightly better, a moderately better offense now keep in mind we were without Aaron Jones last week we were without Christian Watson we were without David Bakhtiari if those players play that number is a lot different right there okay now let's look at the quarterback comparison in the lower right you got Derek Carr grading out as a 65.9 so far and you got Jordan Love as a 65.0 okay passer rating with a clean pocket 75.8 for Derek Carr brace yourself for this one Tim with a clean pocket, Jordan Love has a passer rating of 122.2. Again, this is why we need Bach. <laughs> exactly. Passer rating under pressure. Check this out. Derek Carr, 91.8. Jordan Love, 97.9. Big time throw percentage. This is the big one here. You talk about big time throws. Keep in mind the fourth quarter, right, uh, of last week. Derek Carr, 4.9%. Uh, Jordan Love, 3.3%. Okay, so he's got the edge there. Turnover-worthy play percentage. Um, Derek Carr is only at 2.4%. He usually protects the ball pretty well. Jordan Love at 3.3%. Of course, his percentage got hurt with that that dropped interception he threw there in the fourth quarter where he hit the the DB right between the numbers, right? Um, Power rating, 2.5 for Derek Carr, 1.0 for Jordan Love. Power rating rank. Basically, Derek Carr is ranked 13th. Jordan Love is ranked 25th. Now, some people are going, but Clayton, you said he's leading in passer rating. He's leading the entire league in passer rating. He's got six touchdowns, no picks. Guys, that doesn't tell the entire story. If yep. you were to sort it by completion percentage, he's in the basement, right? Which, that, that's not to knock him. That's not to overpraise him. I'm not saying that one stat is more important than the other, but it's darn sure important to take them both into consideration, into effect. But the way that lays out there, Tim, what stands out to you, man? I mean, I guess I can see that because when you look at the like the overall power rating kind of ranks, it like how they're it seems like they should be closer to each other. Yeah. Um, but when I see things like Derek Carr having the edge with big time throw percentage and even the turnover worthy play percentage, that's just a testament to him being a veteran quarterback and he's been in this league longer. Um right. You know what I mean? Those those numbers are going to change for Jordan. Um, we, we've we got a small dose of the Jordan Love QB1 experience, and I, I fully expect those type of stats and, and, and when we're comparing him to other quarterbacks, those are going to start to iron out and stabilize, and we'll get a better understanding of – because every quarterback's got their own tendencies and yeah. strengths and, and weaknesses, and we just still have not, you know, seen enough to really – you know, I don't know, get, get in too in depth at this point with a comparison. But yeah, when you look at their PFF grades, it's like, that makes sense for sure. Right. But it's like, you know, I look at the power rating and I'm, I'm guessing they get there based on those, those other metrics too. But yeah, man, give, give Jay money a clean pocket and uh, get ready, <laughs> get ready to get lit up because I'll tell you what, I'm actually, you know, kind of, Kind of a little sad that the Saints aren't 100% in their secondary because I'd love to see Jay Money with a clean pocket all afternoon going up against, you know, a tough secondary and seeing seeing how he does. Um, but I think it's going to be it's going to be great Sunday, man. We just 
if we if we give him a good pocket and he's got time, um, good things are going to happen for us. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's uh, let's do this before we go to the next segment. Um, let's see, we had somebody in the chat. I must have overlooked it. Here we go. I want I want to I want to highlight this. Okay, I love this. I want every other fan base to know. And it's the reason I tag the Saints in a hashtag when I tweet this stuff out. You guys are welcome here. Anytime we're doing a preview for an upcoming game of our opponent, we will keep it respectful. We always do. Now, if someone gets in here and acts like an idiot, they're getting booted. They're getting the roadhouse. And if you don't know what that is, hang around. You'll understand. But (laughs) with that being said, we got Turbo Duran in the house. He says, go Saints go with a smiling emoji. Says, who dat everyone? Uh, DC4 is my quarterback. Good luck, everyone, tomorrow. Turbo out. Um, Love it, man. Love it. You know, I'm kind of a Derek Carr fan. I I love what he represents. I love how he's outspoken about his fate. I think that all of his teammates absolutely love him. I think it sucks that it didn't work out with the Raiders, seeing that Devontae went over so he could play with his his, uh, college best friend, and that's the NFL. It stands for not for long, right? Um, I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. So good luck to you too, man, and we appreciate you swinging through the chat for sure, man. Thank you for keeping it respectful. Let me tell you, Saints fans are some of my favorites when you talk about uh, opposing teams. And there's a lot of a, a lot of things that I like about Saints fans are things that I like about Packer fans too. Absolutely. When you talk about passion and you know, and uh, I don't know if you've been down. You've been down in New Orleans. I have not. My sister went down, and she was like Thomas. That's my middle name. She's like Thomas. You got to go. The way you love food and the love the way you love beer, you would you probably <laughs> never come back. <laughs> Amen. And I tell you, New Orleans is, it is, it's a special place, man. It's a very unique, unique place. Um, and a lot of great people down there. So I, I got a lot of respect for Saints fans. I I never seem to hear them in the conversation of uh, some of the shenanigans that we've seen happening from fans uh, the last few years and even the last couple of weeks here this season. So uh, yeah, nothing but respect for uh, Saints fans out there. Yeah, no doubt about it. We got uh, Omer in the chat says, we need a run game so the play action is effective. Uh, then only then only then will we see how good Jordan really is. Sure worked well for the two guys who came before him. Completely agree with that, man. If the, if if we get the running game going, it's that's the thing that's going to help Jordan more than anything. Uh, number one Packer fan says, this will be the battle of the trenches. And then Omer comes back and says, our run blocking was abysmal in the first two games. Hopefully Jones will be on the field. And, and that can change this week, but no is uh, is very, very good. New Orleans is very good versus the run, absolutely. And, you know, talking to Mike Wall, I'm glad you guys brought that up. I just want to say this. The, the, the blocking scheme has got to be simplified, in my opinion. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I understand more than, you know, uh, Coach Buckus or Coach LaFleur. Um, talking to Mike Wall, he kind of confirms what I see on tape. You're asking these offensive linemen to do things they can't do. And Mike was talking about how many times a coach drew something on the board and, and they literally raised their hand and said, hey, I can't I can't get to that block. And well, the OC wants to run it. You know, we think we can make it happen. And then they come back and watch the tape Monday and, he, and they're in there going, why didn't you get to your guy? I'm like, I told you I couldn't get to that guy, <laughs> right? So um, I would like to see them run more duo, which is basically kind of a what what he referred to as double-double. You're kind of doubling. You're double-team run blocking. It's what we call vertical power. You're double-teaming to the second level. And in some cases, duo is identified as having two double-team blocks in between the tackles. Um, there's a lot of people that argue back and forth on what is technically duo. I could care less. If you see a, a vertical – power 
play where essentially a power a power run is when you have a offensive lineman pull and move over at least one gap. And when you think of duo, you've got a double team downhill running play, driving the defender off the ball, and then that offensive lineman getting to the next level and reaching another another reach block. Okay, that's what you think of with duo. And it looks very similar to inside zone sometimes. That's why there's a lot of – there's some really cool Twitter follows that Coach Haddad turned me on to on Twitter where they literally will put a play up, Tim, an all-22 or a box cam and go duo or inside zone. And they just put a question mark and you go to the comments and they are scrapping in there, bro. They're at each other's throats trying to figure out which one it is and prove the other one wrong. But I think we need to simplify it. That that third and one play where A.J. Dillon caught a bunch of scrutiny and, and I was one of the people that were like, I can't believe he's tripping over his feet. They, they were trying to do too much with the running game, with the run blocking. You know, Royce Newman had no reason to try to double down on that nose. He should have went straight to the mic and we would have had that first down. Not saying that would have won the game, but that's just one example of uh, of how they need to simplify the running game. And I think it goes hand in hand with what you guys are talking about in here. I really do. Um, I love the number one Packers fan, though. He came back with the perfect response to the Saints fan. Who dat? Who day? Who cares? Go Pack go. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. That's gold. All right, let's move on to the last uh, segment here, and that is kind of matchups, right? Packers versus Saints matchups. I'm going to put up. Um, the PFF grades, it's going to be hard for you guys to see, but I'll be, I'm going to talk mainly about the most important positions, those tier one positions of importance. Okay. And want to key in on a couple of different things. So first of all, with our 11 personnel, Tim, I don't know if you can make these grades out. If not, I'll, if you've got a question, just ask, and I'll tell you exactly uh, what the number is. But the one I wanted to key in on with our 11 personnel, we, when it comes to positions, tier one positions of importance for me, quarterback, left tackle, and then on defense, it's edge and interior defensive line, okay, more more specifically that three technique. And they like to play their three a little bit closer to the left end is how they like to, to ISO their three. So that would suggest that you'd have Cam Jordan ISOed on Tom and you would have Breezy um, ISOed on John Runyon. In the passing game, I like that matchup. The thing that sucks, though, is if you slide over to the other edge position, you've got Granderson, who just got the bag. So not only does the tape show he's a he's an, a, an elite player, not only does PFF have him graded out as an 89.9 elite edge, but now the Saints agree and gave him a boatload of money. Okay, so I think we got triple confirmation that Granderson knows how to play football. He's good at the football, as they say. All right, so when it comes to our tier one of importance on the offensive side of the ball matching up against their nickel defense – We've got Rasheed Walker starting right now if Bot can't go. Rasheed Walker's grade is a 58.0. Looks like a big, big mismatch. Now, the way that they potentially line up, granted, things can change when you watch the tape, okay? If you got Royce Newman going at left guard um, in that situation, whether Bot's playing or not, you're probably going to be able to do a little bit of double teaming, okay? You're going to be able to, to – you're going to have your opportunities to double team Granderson but you're probably going to have to plan on having a single team, a single block on Cam Jordan, unless they move Cam Jordan around kind of like how we do Kenny or we did Kenny last year. Now we're settling him in at that solid three tech for us. Uh, Zach Tom, though, 75.7. Tim, this is going to be a great test for Zach Tom. I mean, Zach Tom going up against Cam Jordan, who some people would, would suggest he's a borderline hall of fame player. Okay. I'm not quite there yet but he is a Pro Bowl caliber player, right? Um, what do you think about those matchups there? And, again, the way I've got it, I've got um, 
Granderson, right, and Cam Jordan, they've got the edge over us, in my opinion, against our tackles in this game. As far as interior defensive linemen, especially in the base, when they bring in Saunders to play base, I'm going to trigger that real quick here in an image, and I'll go back to the 11 or whatever you want to see. Um, you'll notice you got Saunders there kind of playing that one tech on the uh, strong side of the formation when we're when we are in our 12 personnel, 71.3. I feel like that's a push personally. I'm not that concerned about that when you match him up with our defensive tackle on our side. And then at quarterback, you got Derek Carr, 65.9. That's tier one of importance, obviously. Jordan Love at a 65.0. I feel like that's a push. And then at left tackle, they've got pinning on their side, which I'm going to trigger real quick here and show you guys that. So Trevor Penning for them at offensive tackle, 48.3. And we're either going to have Preston Smith, Lucas Van Ness, or Rashawn Gary lined up over him. I feel like we've got that matchup. So essentially what we got is them winning one matchup, us winning one matchup, and then there being two ties or pushes on the other two matchups. Shows you just how close this game is going to be. But what do you think up matchup-wise there? And if you need a specific side of the ball pulled up, you just say it. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the, uh, <laughs> Cam Jordan. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I think he's a, he's a pro ball candidate type of player. Certainly mm -hmm. someone you have to account for. Um, the one thing that, that, yeah, with this look here, um, is, uh, it'll be nice to see the, uh, how, uh, Tay Wicks does, um, being on that side, if they're going to, you know, Tyron if Matthew, Watson, if Watson can't go right. Yeah, exactly. Because he, you know, him being a rookie too. And then, you know, you, you know, Tyron Matthews is another one of those guys say what you want about him. I mean, that dude is a baller. So having him as the safety over there with a young receiver, it'll be interesting to see how, how effective Wicks can be in the offense. Um, but yeah, certainly up front on the, on the edge, you know, like I said, I hope, I really hope Bakhtiari goes. That's going to give us a better, better shot on that, on that left side dealing with Granderson because he's an absolute beast. Yeah, no doubt. I think it's going to be a great game, man. When you look at those matchups across the board, I think we're going to have a fun one. Um, it's going to be at Lambeau. Everything about this game has got me excited because, you know, again, I know people have a lot of anxiety watching the Packers, right? It's like if you could tell by the numbers, if the Packers lose – Post-game show, not as many people are watching, right, because you don't want to relive it, and I get that. We try to come from the angle of let's understand why it went the way it went. But this whole season, we all agree, is kind of a season of evaluation. Um, you know, yeah, I think the Packers can make the playoffs. If they had won last week, I'd be sitting here going, we might have a 10-win season here, fellas. Um, now you let that one get away from you, but that doesn't mean you still can't win 10 games. You might win one down the road, like you lost that one, right? Um, things have got to get better in order to do that. But again, this is, uh, this is going to be one of those games where it's, it's definitely, like you said earlier, Tim, you hit the nail on the head. This is the best test we've had so far this year. And I think we'll come away knowing more about Zach Tom. We'll come away knowing more about Jordan Love. Uh, we'll come away uh, a little bit more maybe understanding Bakhtiari's situation, whether they're going to uh, you know risk him playing on turf or not because that makes the knee blow up even more. Um, the fact that they're not traveling, the little things that people don't think about, um, the fact that they're not flying, you know, Tim? Yeah. Like they're playing Rasheed, Walker, Rasheed Walker talked about that on Packers' um, site. Yeah. I guess they had um, – one of those things they put up for social media, you know, like what do you love most about 
playing at home and Rasheed Walker said not having to get on a plane after the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. And you know, it's it, that the cause is way more swelling when you fly, you know? Um, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting game nonetheless, but I, as far as weather, like we talked about, and we opened up with, you know, 68 degrees and overcast, you couldn't ask for, I mean, you probably as a football player, you would probably want it to be a little bit cooler um, just to have the absolute perfect weather. But, man, it's going to be nice, dude. I, I don't think you'll have problems with people cramping up, Tim. I don't think you'll have hydration problems. I think you're probably going to get – I think we'll see the best version of this Packers team tomorrow. But I think the Saints are going to show up to play too. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. And like I said last week, I felt I felt real good about the plus one and a half with Green Bay last week. Yeah. And, um, and obviously that checked out. The minus one and a half this week for the Packers – not feeling as good about. I would not be surprised if we're looking at another one point difference in this game and the Packers may be able to pull out a one one point win much like the Falcons did last week. But uh, I, I agree. And I don't think this is going to be a game that we're going to have in the bag and then then blow it. I think this is going to be one where it could be um, a lot of back and forth or it could be, you know, us kind of, you know, playing from behind and having to come back and, and steal one. Um, again, like, you know, it's like art of war, man. You, you, you don't want to underestimate your opponent here, dude, at all. <laughs> not, not this game. And this is, this is pivotal. Yeah. It's not a divisional game. Okay. Well, this is, this sets the tone for what I, I I've said this the last two years. I think it's super important. We have got to take control of Lambeau field again. Teams are not afraid to come here and play like they used to be. They're not as intimidated as they were in years past. We have got to protect 1265 this year. So this is a big game in that that realm, uh, establishing an identity for this young team as they come together. Let, let's uh, hope it's that. Let's identify around the fact that we are not going to let anyone come into our house and push us around. You know, we, we got to win at home this year. That's something I, I felt the last few seasons was lacking, particularly postseason. Anytime we <laughs> had a home playoff game, it didn't turn out too well for us. So we got to protect 1265. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, one of the things that comes to mind, too, with Christian Watson and uh, Omar in the chat said, um, Omar, I hope I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not. He says, on the mark, sir, this is going to be a very tough game. It's going to be a fun game, too, man. It is going to oh, be yeah. a great game. Um, there's no doubt in my mind. Now, with Christian Watson, last year, Tim, you know, he was he was that that deep threat for us, right? You've seen it in Dallas, you, or the game against Dallas, I should say. He is the guy who's going to stretch the field. Now, he was also the fly-slash-jet-motion guy last year, too, right? Um, so, think about this. Think about the Patriots game last year. Think about the Cowboys game. You know, whenever you put him in motion, you know, Yes, he's going to be getting the ball and he's going to be, you know, turning on that world-class speed, but you didn't have anybody else stretching the field. So you could kind of, okay, he's jet motion. Let's creep up guys. Right now they do like to do a little bit of a dagger look, a dagger concept and a slot cross look off of motion. So you can't get too greedy creeping up. But now if Christian Watson is healthy and Jaden Reed is that gadget guy, you keep Christian Watson outside. Guess what happens by, by default, right? The, the safeties can't creep up on that jet motion because they've got to respect the speed of Christian Watson. That's why it's so important that he's out there. Um, I think he'll probably be playing. Maybe it's his wishful thinking, but the fact that they didn't even 
you know, didn't even ponder the thought of putting him on IR for four weeks. You know, it, it could have been that they were just shooting for the Lions game, and that in itself is worth keeping him off IR so he would be active for that game. But I, I'm feeling good about him playing tomorrow. And if he does, Tim, you're going to have him stretching the field, Jaden Reed working the fly motion underneath. Oh, don't forget about Luke Musgrave. We still haven't broke that out. We still haven't broke that jet sweep out yet. So that could be coming. We'll see. Um, I don't know. I, I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good about it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we lose, but I'm feeling like this is one of those games that if Christian Watson's healthy, Aaron Jones is healthy, and, and, you know, even if, if Bach is healthy too, I think we might see some some fireworks tomorrow, man. I agree. And I think if, you know, we talked about establishing a run game, and if for some reason that proves to be difficult um, and doesn't doesn't necessarily happen the way we want it to, I'm confident that we will pivot and manufacture some short passes and, you know, create the illusion of a run threat because that's going to be crucial. This That's New Orleans secondary. We have got to keep them honest. I said that a couple of days ago on the pod, and I, I still believe that. If, if they know we're going to just sit back there and chuck it all day, it's going to be a long afternoon. We've We've got to offset with a good run game. And, yeah, having Aaron Jones out there is just – so clutch uh if he's a go and i my my gut's telling me he's gonna go i think all these guys are gonna are gonna try and make a go of it tomorrow yeah and if you if you're you know fortunate enough to jump out to a decent lead then start backing the reps off right mm -hmm. Put them back in if you need them um let's try to get out there establish a lead early let this pass rush get after Derek carr because that is their weakness right now is their offensive line um yep. they and you know their running game really their offense as a whole right now is, is pretty banged up um just it sounds like a broken record, but I'm going to say it again. Win the turnover battle, right? Control the middle eight. Yeah. We did that last week, but unfortunately we uh, we crapped the bed in the fourth quarter and we couldn't capitalize on a couple drop picks. That was our, the difference in the game. Our um, secondary has got to got to be ready because that's, that's one thing we know about New Orleans, struggling or not, they're going to try and stretch that ball or stretch the field. I mean, they're going to – they will not – Derek Carr is not afraid to throw the ball down the field. No. And – and we cannot get caught playing the finger pointing game or I'm passing this off to you and you have no idea I'm passing him off. And now we've got a wide open spot on the field. Like we cannot have, if we make those type of mistakes, they're, they're going to be exploited immediately against a team like the saints. So, you know, we're not afraid of anyone, but again, we got to respect uh, that offense regardless. So this yeah. is going to be fun though, Clayton, I'm with you, man. It's going to be uh a close game. We said that we did. We called it going into Atlanta. We we said that that was going to be a close game, and and lo and behold, it it, it was. So uh, you know, let's hope we get a victory tomorrow. Grinding out, I'd love to see Jay Money get his get his first victory at Lambeau. That would be oh, great. His first victory at Lambeau and come out with two or three touchdowns, no interceptions. You know what I mean? Yep. Like yep. going into going into week four against the Lions. On prime Come off time. that field without a grass stain on his jersey because he's had such a clean pocket all day. <laughs> Imagine going into that primetime game against the Lions, two and one, right, with eight, nine, maybe ten passing touchdowns, no interceptions, yep. and your first win at Lambeau, dude. Let's go! Come on, um, that that would be. Now we're looking at all right. We've got an opportunity to create some momentum here. Um, but we got to get healthy. There's no doubt about that. I want to say this um, as we wrap up. Melissa Hare, still haven't heard from her. She won the autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey. Um, obviously, need to send me an email, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. 
If some of you are in here thinking you're going to fake that and send me an email as her, we've got ways to cross check. That is the original Melissa her that is a YouTube subscriber here or a YouTube uh, PTA posse member, I should say here on YouTube. Okay. So if you want to enter yourself into that drawing, um, now is the time to sign up as a part of the PTA posse. If you'll go to our homepage on YouTube and just click join and uh, just the, uh, the minimal, whatever, membership there is there will enter you into that contest where we're going to spin the wheel tomorrow. What I'm going to do to prevent this moving forward, Tim, is we're going to spin the wheel three times. Okay. And you'll have the first place winner, the second place winner, third place winner. If the first place winner does not come forward, we'll move on to the second place. Then we'll move on to the third. And surely we can give that Jersey away that way. <laughs> right. Cause this is the second time we've spun it. And uh, I understand people, you know, I appreciate them supporting the show, but I want them to be able to get their, this jersey that they won. We're already backing up with with some autograph stuff too. We got an autographed John Coon jersey we're going to be doing uh, as soon as we give away this Lucas Van Ness. And then I just got another one in today. Tim, we got an autographed Paul Horning jersey coming up too. So, um, oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm a fan of those. Yeah, absolutely. Me too, man. I've got, <laughs> got one hanging right back here. Um, so, those of you who uh, uh, support us and, like I said, um, are a member of the, the uh, PTA Posse YouTube members, appreciate you guys doing that. We're looking forward to giving away some awesome memorabilia this year. Melissa Hare, send me an email ASAP, PackerStoleAccess at gmail.com. For those of you hanging out in the chat, really appreciate you guys. You made the show. Like I said, you put us behind in a good way, and we appreciate you guys uh, livening up the chat and giving us some awesome questions, uh, awesome comments. As Nick said, spin it again, baby. Spin it again <laughs> every time they don't show up. Keep spinning it. We'll we'll put three names out this week. We're giving this thing away this week. I promise you. That. Maybe we should do one where you got to be live in the chat with us. <laughs> to no, I, win. Was trying, I was trying to think maybe trivia or something too, but I want everyone. Yeah. I understand some people can't be on the show live. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. Yeah, trying to be fair across the board, but at the same time, I, I definitely uh, I want to make sure these people that win get their get the prize for sure. So. Uh, but that being said, though, thank you guys. Uh, whoever's listening on the pod, we appreciate you making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Let's go get that Packers dub, home opener, Lambeau Field. Go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. You drive down the first man to his inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. Exactly. No one shows. Go right by this and feel this side. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, that's inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here. And a seal here. And try to run this play in the alley.